are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locks On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, downmyportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, I got a whole bunch I want to talk about today. I want to talk about whether Paven Smith can make an impact on the Diamondbacks this season. Uh, I want to talk about the two starts Madison Bumgarner and Luke Weaver had this week. And then I want to wrap up the pod. It's Fastball Friday, so I'm going to be bringing the heat with some takes that you guys might be thinking are pretty hot. But first... If your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want to reach men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's jump right into it. Let's talk a little bit about Paven Smith because there's been a lot of buzz around him this spring training, mostly because we saw Cole Calhoun go down with injury. He's going to be out up to maybe six weeks with that meniscus tear, just underwent surgery. So the D-backs are looking for their replacement for Cole Calhoun in the corner outfield spot. There's been a lot of names brought up, Dalton Varsho, but Zach Buchanan kind of uh, shot that one down yesterday on yesterday's pod because they really want to get Dalton Varsha behind the plate and get him as many reps as possible. So they don't think the corner outfield spot's really the place for him right now. We got, you know, maybe the young prospects of Corbin Carroll, but he still seems kind of far away. Tim LaCastro's now out as well with COVID, so you couldn't put him out there in the corner outfield. And then Ketel Marte in center field. Uh, even though Tim LaCastro will be back by the time uh, opening day rolls around. But there's still another guy who people believe now has the chance to capitalize on this opportunity. That is Paven Smith and Nick Piccaro of the uh, Arizona Republic has written a lot about this. He just wrote an article about this, about how Paven Smith can capitalize on this opportunity. Because guys, don't forget... Haven Smith was a first-round pick by the D-backs, I think, back in 2017. And this guy was an absolute stud in college. His last year at Virginia, his stats were pretty insane. He had a 342 average, had 997 OPS his last season in college, 13 home runs in about 60 games. So the negative, uh, the, the negative uh, remarks surrounding Paven Smith, the thing the 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 reason why he's not you know considered as highly regarded as maybe he should be for a first round pick is because of his lack of power and that's something 
The D-backs have been trying to work with him since he's got to the organization. He didn't even hit his second home run with the D-backs until his second season in the minors. So the power is something he definitely lacks in. It's his biggest weakness right now in his game because we just don't know if he's if he has a game that's sustainable enough to make him be a long-term option at first base or the corner outfield spot. We just don't know if he has enough power, and it's something he's definitely worked on. It's something he's trying to work on and get better with. He's made a adjustments in the minors. Uh, in AA, he was struggling a lot. Then he made this adjustment with his stance, and his batting line took off. He finished his season in AA with a 291 average, a 370 OBP, and a 466 slugging. He even won Player of the Month honors for July 2019 in the Southern League. He had the third high. He had the third highest OPS in that league as well. So he's been working on his game. He's been trying to work on that department, that power department, because we know how much of a struggle it's been for him. But how about the positives of Paven Smith's game? This guy has been an elite contact hitter since college. He has a natural ability at the plate, a natural approach at the plate. He's great at discerning strikes and balls, and that's been a real strength of his. He has a career strikeout percentage below 12% in the minors, right around 12% in the minors. So this guy's not going to strike out for you a lot. He's going to always put the ball in play. The problem is when he does put the ball in play, and just not a lot of hard contact. One of the biggest knocks on Paven Smith from his 2020 season is he just didn't get the ball in the air enough. His launch angle was only 8.1 degrees, which is pretty flat. It only led to uh, it led to about 45% of his hits being ground balls with an average exit velocity of 86.6 miles per hour. And his max exit velocity of 100, 104.9 miles per hour. Both of those numbers are a little bit below average. And the D-backs definitely want to see those numbers rise. They want him to get harder contact. They want him to get the ball in the air a little bit more and just produce some more power. But hey, at least he has the contact down because in his shortened 2020 stint with the Arizona Diamondbacks, he was still at least effective at the plate. He wasn't drilling home runs like you might have uh, wanted Paven Smith to do, but still in 12 games. 44 plate appearances. He batted 270, a 341 OBP, and a 405 OP, uh, 405 slugging. So the power might have not been there, but he still made contact. He still was getting hits, and he still was getting on base. I think that's still important in today's game. Maybe he's not hitting the home runs, but if he can get, uh, if he can hit for a high average, make great contact, and get on base, that's still important because he can still bring dudes home. Yes, maybe he's not hitting a home run, but if there's a guy on second or third, if he's likely to hit a single if he still has a batting average of 300 maybe a batting average of 350 with runners in scoring position then he can still produce and bring runs home and still be a key contributor in this d-backs offense and maybe he's a guy who gets on base a lot and scores a lot of runs himself so there's still opportunity for him to be an rbi producer and a run scorer even even if he doesn't have the home run potential maybe today in mlb society we focus too much on the long ball a lot of dudes 
can hit 30 plus home runs, but a lot of those same dudes also strike out nearly 100 times or more in a 162 game season. So if Haven Smith is only a 15 home run guy, but maybe striking out close to as many home runs as he's hitting, maybe he's striking out only 30 to 40 times in a season and walking just as much as well, then I'm not going to be too upset if he can do that. Maybe he's not one of these first base prospects that can be a Miguel Cabrera and hit you 40 home runs with the high average, but if he can still be an Adam Eaton level production player, I think that's still important. He won't have the speed of Adam Eaton, but Eaton, but Adam Eaton can always hit for average, get on base, and hit you about 15 dingers. And if Paven Smith can do that, I think that's pretty important for this D-backs team. One of the biggest issues with this D-backs offense last season is they just couldn't manufacture the easy runs. They did well with runners in scoring position, as I mentioned on a, a podcast the other day, but what they couldn't do is just set up those runs. They couldn't get dudes on base. They couldn't you know, hit for a solid average. They couldn't get the easy single or the double to start the inning. That's something they really struggled with last year. So if Haven Smith is a guy that maybe he does start the inning with those doubles, Maybe he's good at drawing the walk and setting up the offense because there was not a there was not enough dudes on the D-backs who did that last year. A lot of times they were trying to hit that home run, and a lot of times they just struck out doing it. At least Paven Smith has a higher floor than a guy uh, like Eduardo Escobar if he struggles again in 2021. If we see the same Eduardo Escobar in 2020 this season, then a Paven Smith is going to have a higher floor than a guy like Eduardo Escobar because he would be better at getting on base, drawing that walk, not striking out, and just putting the ball in play. Sometimes putting the ball in play is just as important as doing anything else because sometimes moving that guy from second to third when there's no outs or one out, that's important in baseball. And a guy like Paven Smith, he knows uh, he knows the strike zone well. He knows what pitches are in or out of the strike zone. He knows what a ball is. He has a great plate discipline. He has a smooth swing. He's a good contact hitter. He's just not a power guy. And I think he can still make a career out of that. Maybe he's not, you know, an all-star level first baseman or outfielder, but He's worked on getting his body better. He's been doing uh, off-season drills with his Florida trainer. He says he's more agile now, more athletic. So that should help him in the corner outfield spot. For a guy that can hit for a high average, I'm going to take the contact hitter over the dude who strikes out a lot. And I think Paven Smith can make a real impact on this D-backs team in 2021 with his ability to hit for a high average and get on base. Now we'll talk about the starts Madison Bumgarner and Luke Weaver had in spring training this week. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. We're covering everything you need to know about the Dimebacks, but what about the rest of sports? 
now Locked On Podcast Network, has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Briskowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's talk about those starts Madison Bumgarner and Luke Weaver had this week. And let's first start with the Luke Weaver game because Luke Weaver got us to our first win of the season on Wednesday in a 9-4 spring training win over the Cleveland Indians. Luke Weaver looked pretty solid in that game. He threw two scoreless innings and it just put up zeros across the board. He had no strikeouts in that game. Only gave up two hits, but he had no walks on the day either. And he looked really solid on the mound, really confident. And Luke Weaver, just a guy who is so important to the staff because we all know everything. Every time we talk about Luke Weaver, it's always about the stuff, the potential that he has. But can he put it together? He showed flashes and had a season where it looked like he put it together in 2019. And all of that kind of crumbled in 2020. And talking to Zach Buchanan yesterday, he cleaned a lot of the, uh, just cleared a lot of the air for me about what's going on with Luke Weaver. In 2019, he had two, I guess, effective breaking pitches with his cutter and curveball. But in 2020, both of those kind of evaded him a little bit. He struggled to locate with those pitches, and his breaking ball just wasn't effective in 2020. And that's going to be the key for him in 2021. Zach Buchanan believes the breaking ball is the key to unlocking Luke Weaver because his cutter now is going to be more of a slider with more of a sweep to it in 2021. It's going to move just a little bit more, and he's been working on that curveball as well. He wants to bring more of those pitches, those two pitches, to his arsenal in 2021 because he just didn't show a lot of confidence in those pitches in 2020, and he needs those breaking pitches to be an effective pitcher this season. And For Luke Weaver, if he can mix those two pitches into his arsenal, it will keep more batters off balance. And this is a guy who's already been a strikeout artist in his career. He always has a pretty close, if not higher than double digits, strikeouts per nine. And the same and more of the same happened for Luke Weaver in 2020. He's a strikeout king, 9.5 strikeouts per nine in 2020 is still pretty good for a guy with the ability he has. And we know we can take it up even another level. It's just all going to come down to that breaking ball, those two breaking balls with his curveball and his cutter, which might be more of a slider now, but still. This is a guy who just didn't go deep into ball games in 2021, and maybe it's because he didn't have enough effective pitches into his arsenal. He didn't have that breaking ball to keep uh, hitters off balance, and when he did miss with his fastball, hitters were just in tune and ready to just smack it out of the park. And so for Luke Weaver, he has the stuff. He, he has the ability. He just has to put it together and have the confidence in his stuff because so many people have confidence in Luke Weaver. He just has to have the confidence in himself because sometimes when you look at him on the mound, it doesn't look like he has confidence in himself. So Luke Weaver, I have confidence in you. And I'm hoping you have a big bounce back season 2021 because a lot of teams are interested in you a lot of teams would have traded for you they think you have that kind of stuff where even though you struggle in 2020 they believe in your comeback season so 
If if other teams outside the D-backs believe in your comeback season, I'm going to believe in your comeback season as well. But now let's talk about Madison Bumgarner because he is another guy who we need to pick it up in 2021 because he, of course, came from the San Francisco Giants last year. The biggest fish Mike Hazen was able to nab in free agency, and I thought it was a straight-up steal what the D-backs did. Five years, $85 million. I didn't think it was that crazy of a deal for Bumgarner, but now looking at it, his deal is backloaded, so he's going to make $19 million this year, and then over $20 million in both 2022 and 2023. It dips all the way to $14 million in 2024, but still, over $20 20 million 2022 and 2023 for a guy who's only 31 years old but looks he, he pitched like a guy last year who was 37 years old so Bumgarner needs a huge bounce back season in store for his confidence in himself and for the fans and the team's confidence in him because his fastball velocity fell off in a major way last year it was sitting more in the upper 80s all of last season 2020 and he just was another guy like Luke Weaver who didn't go deep into ball games never had an outing where he finished at least six innings but his start this spring training on Thursday looked pretty damn good for Madison Bumgarner he still only topped out at about 91 miles per hour which is still so low for a guy who is never you know a flamethrower but still 91 miles an hour for a guy who's still only 31 years old seems pretty criminally low but still if he can effectively locate his pitches which is something he struggled to do last year because he did give up a good amount of home runs for this D-backs team he gave up 13 home runs in only 41 innings that's just not gonna cut it if you're Madison Bumgarner gave up 30 home runs a season before so giving up home runs has been a problem for Bumgarner the last two seasons but his spring training start he went two innings struck out six struck out the side in the second inning so if you can be a guy like Zach Granke who can locate his pitches effectively and just know when to when you know when to throw your fastball versus your changeup versus your breaking pitches it's all about timing sometimes with your pitches and when to keep those as i said before batters off balance so Madison Baumgartner is still a veteran he's still got the experience he's still got the championship pedigree we know about what he's done on the world series stage and he might be a little bit long in the tooth he's definitely you know older at this stage of his career but He's still not too old in the sport of baseball where he can't be effective or not too old in the sport of life, I should say, because in the sport of baseball, he is kind of old. He broke in in 2009 at the age of 19, but still being only 31 years old, I, I would expect he still has a little bit, uh, you know, juice left in the tank for a guy who was, you know, on the mountaintop like he was, you know, a true ace in his prime. I don't think he should be falling. I, I don't think he should be this much in decline at this stage of his career and maybe he can reinvent himself and that's what he's gonna have to do because as I always like to say and compare him to Zach Granke Zach Granke is a guy who had to reinvent himself when he came to the D-backs he used to be more of a power flamethrower pitcher in his younger youth but as he's gotten older Zach Granke turned into a more finesse location pitcher with the D-backs and Astros and he's still an effective guy right now in his mid-30s and so for Madison Bumgarner I hope he can take a page out of that uh Zach Greinke playbook because 
Granky, before he came to the D-backs, had a 1.66 ear raise last year with the Dodgers. And then it fell all it rose all the way to a 4.37 ear ray his first year with the D-backs. And so he kind of had to reinvent himself with the team. And now look at him. He he's made three All-Star games since his first year with Arizona, which is the same amount as which is the same amount of All-Star games he made uh before joining Arizona. So he's been just as good. He's been maybe even better as a pitcher since joining Arizona and post-Arizona, then pre-Arizona, and that's all in his mid and early 30s. So Massive Bumgarner can have a second act in his career, but he's going to have to take from that Zach Greinke playbook, and he's going to have to reinvent himself as a pitcher because because a fastball sitting in the upper 80s, very, very low 90s, just isn't going to cut it in today's day and age of baseball when you see so many power hitters. But if he can be a Zach Greinke, be a location finesse pitcher that just knows how to dart the edges of the strike zone, then he can still have a second act for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, I'll be bringing the heat on this fastball Friday, but first... All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. And it's Fastball Friday, so I'm bringing the heat. I'm going to give you guys three takes that I have, and you guys can decide for your own if this is spicy hot or not even lukewarm, not even Luke Weaver warm. But let's start off with my first take. And this one I actually stole from Bleach Report, and it's the biggest regret the D-backs are going to have this offseason. And it's not adding more bullpen depth. And I kind of agree with Bleach Report on this one. I like the signings of Joaquin Soria, and I like the signing of Tyler Clippard, but still, I would have liked to see uh, the D-backs still add some more middle relievers to this mix. Uh, we're kind of banking that Kevin Ginkle has a bounce-back season, and his 2020 doesn't instill a lot of confidence in us. He gave up a lot of hard contact in 2020, and Tori Lavello gave him the opportunities to prove himself as the closer after Archie Bradley uh was traded to the Reds. Tori Lovello gave Kevin Ginkle an opportunity to be the closer, and Kevin Ginkle couldn't capitalize on the opportunity, and he was even optioned to AAA. Not optioned to AAA, but he was even out of the mix a little bit you know, in the bullpen. He, he was taken out a little bit for his struggles because every time he came in, he seemed to put dudes on the base pass. He walked a lot of dudes in 2020, and his ERA was pretty high as well, 6.75 ERA. But I think his ERA is a little misleading because he gave up 12 earned runs last season, but eight of those earned runs came in two outings. So if you look at it that way, he, he came in, I believe, 19 times last year, gave up eight of his 12 earned runs in just two outings. So... Uh, there's at least some confidence you can have in Kevin Ginkle in that aspect because if you take away those two outings, then his season looks a lot better on the year. But the biggest issue I had with Kevin Ginkle is he always put dudes on base pass last year. If I do a quick count up, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Only seven of his 19 outings last year, he didn't at least walk one batter. So it didn't at least walk one batter. So at least... More than half the time, Luke Weaver was, not Luke Weaver, Kevin Ginkle was putting dudes on the base pass, and that just doesn't work out for you if you're a back-end reliever. So I'm hoping 
Kevin Ginkle could bounce back. And furthermore, on my original point, I believe the D-backs should have added more bullpen depth because I don't know how many guys in that bullpen you really trust. Tyler Clippard, you're going to trust. Joaquin Soria, Stefan Crying. But after that, Yoan Lopez, Kevin Ginkle, maybe a Riley Smith. There's a lot of question marks in that D-backs bullpen with their depth. Uh, it looks like Alex Younger and Taylor Clark are probably going to be back there as long relief guys and spot starters. But I'm still hoping Kevin Ginkle has a bounce back season 2021. And I'm hoping this bullpen uh, plays above expectations because I don't have too many for them right now. Uh, I think the rotation, this is my number two hot take on Fastball Friday. I think the rotation will be the driving force of this team in 2021. Uh, of course, you need some bounce back seasons. You need bounce back seasons from the entire team, but I have more confidence in this rotation bouncing back than the starting lineup. Uh, Zach Allen, I think, is going to continue to do Zach Allen things. I think Merrill Kelly, I don't think he's going to be the dude we saw last year, but I think he could be a guy who sits in the mid-threes. Uh, Zach Buchanan kind of thinks that as well. Uh, I think Madison Bumgarner will have a bit of a bounce-back season. I think he'll probably be more of a number three, number four starter in this rotation, though, but Maybe he's a guy who could get back to that 3-9 ERA. Maybe the low, low fours, like a 4-1-4. I think Luke Weaver could be primed for a bounce-back season in 2021. And I don't know who the fifth starter is going to be. I'm not really too concerned. Uh, when I said the statement, the rotation would be the driving force, I didn't have the fifth starter in mind. I'm just thinking about the top four. Gallon, Kelly, Bumgarner, Luke Weaver. I think that could be a really good top four. I think it could be... A top seven, top eight, top four rotation in the National League. Uh, the, the National League's rotations are pretty, pretty stout, honestly. Nationals, you got the Braves, Dodgers, Padres, you got you got the Mets. So that's at least five rotations that are clearly better than the D-backs. But I think you could slot the D-backs maybe as the seventh best rotation in the National League. And if that's true, I think they could be fighting for a wild card spot at best in 2021. And then the last take I have is I think one young player on this team will make a major impact in 2021 for the D-backs. I don't know who that is, but it could be a Paven Smith, maybe in the corner outfield spot, filling in for Cole Calhoun. Maybe it's Dalton Varsho if Steven Vogt absolutely struggles. Varsho, left-handed batter. Carson Kelly, right-handed batter. They can both play at the same time. So maybe you get a, a, plun a platoon situation going with Varsho and Carson Kelly. Maybe it's a Corbin Carroll in center field if the D-backs are just not feeling, uh, you know, Ketel Marte or Tim LaCastro in center field full-time. Maybe they want to test out one of these young prospects. So I believe uh, a young guy who is not, you know, an everyday player who who we aren't already talking about. So not like a Kevin Ginkle, who's a young guy, but already on this, you know, roster. Not like a Luke Weaver or Carson Kelly, two young guys who are already everyday players. I'm talking about a young guy who is on the bubble of making this team, on the bubble on the bubble of making the opening day roster. And I think there's at least one young player, this D-backs uh, organization, who can have a pretty big impact on the team in 2021. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks coverage. Remember, your team every day. So we'll be back with more podcasts coming at you daily next week, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And remember, fantasy baseball addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. 
Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen. He uses data and nearly nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, don't forget to come back next week. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorsThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!